Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis. So, you want to ride a motorcycle better, faster, safer, with more skill and confidence? Or do you want to ride a motorcycle for the first time? Or ride again after taking a break from riding? Well, the purpose of my podcast is to help grow the sport of motorcycling by helping riders of all levels, whether they are new to motorcycling or not, increase their knowledge and skills so that they are better, smarter, safer riders and are getting everything they want out of motorcycling, whether it's on the street, on the track, or maybe even as a fan or a participant in some form of motorcycle racing. My game is to help all motorcyclists up their game. This is episode 50, titled The Moto America Superbike Father and Son Duo of Max and Martin Flinders. In this episode, I have a great chat with Moto America Superbike racer Max Flinders and his dad Martin, who helps run the team and does a lot of the work on their Yamaha R1 race bikes. We chat about their last race weekend at Road America a month ago and the upcoming Moto America round number two also being held at Road America this coming weekend. In fact, they are heading there now as I record this introduction. We discussed the 2020 R1 they are hoping to race in this upcoming race weekend, what it has been like preparing and racing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and also why their team is considered one of the friendliest teams in the Moto America paddock. This episode was recorded as a live video shown using Facebook Live. So if you prefer, you can check out the video on my Facebook page, So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle. Stay tuned as I'll be doing as many of these podcast recordings as possible using Facebook Live, usually on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I will, of course, continue to make the audio portion available via this podcast. You can email questions for my guests and I prior to the live show using so you want to ride at yahoo.com, or even better yet, tune in while we were recording and post your questions online. We will do the best we can to answer all questions while we record. Further instructions will be posted before each live show on my Facebook page. This episode was recorded on Monday, June 22nd, 2020, and is being published on Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into this episode, I would like to welcome my new affiliate partner, Heroic Racing Apparel. Whether you're looking for quality gear for the street or track, head over to SoYouWantToRide.com, click on the affiliates link, and click on the Heroic logo or one of the products that are showcased there. Any purchases you make will help support the podcast. Check out Heroic's leather gloves, jackets, tracksuits, and their armored Kevlar hoodie. Also check out my Instagram channel and my Facebook page for the video reviews I did recently on the Break-Free Helmet Brake Light. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place. Because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle Podcast. is Chris Geis, host of the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast. And tonight we've got two special guests, uh, Moto America superbike racer Max Flinders and his dad, Martin. Hello, gentlemen. Good evening. Hey, what's good up? To, yeah, good, good to have you guys on. So uh, I guess the, well, the yellow shirts definitely are, are in fitting with the bike color, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> we have to yellow it up. <laughs> um, is that, is that uh, the, the thrashed? team colors kind of yeah um tim uh the owner of the team he uh loves the color yellow he has pretty much everything he owns is yellow and uh um yeah he he likes it he says it's easy to spot on the track it stands out and it's a happy color so 
Yeah. And uh, we're pretty happy teams. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so that's awesome. I mean, I will say, as you know, like last season, I was posting photos of you. Uh, you know, I, I had been to the Jersey round and uh, down at Barber. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely. It, it definitely. You have an easy bike to spot. You know, it's, it's sometimes interesting as a photographer, like if you're not totally up, you know, like on what's going on or whatever, if you don't have a radio to listen to, you know, where the action is, you're just like kind of, you know, looking down to a turn or something, waiting for bikes to come around. It's like, oh, there's the yellow one. All right. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely helps. Definitely helps. So, uh, so maybe, uh, so let's talk a little bit about Thresh then. But before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about the fact that you were initially were going to start riding a Harley, right? Yeah. Um, bike when we were starting it was ama at the time and it was just turned into motor america and uh i was racing the r6 in the 600 class and um me and my dad were skating on a budget like it was it was either we quit racing uh, or we need to get a big sponsor so the last race of the year barber um one of our the owner of the team tim comes over and goes hey my rider is unavailable to ride I need someone to ride because we're contracted to. So would you like to come and race the Harley? And I'm like, for the first time I said, the Harley, I'm like, aren't they like beasts? Like, and they're like, he's like, yeah, it's going to be different. I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. So um, we, I went out in one practice and uh, I had to get used to a Harley in one practice, which was a feat of its own. But actually I had a lot of, like a lot of fun on it. But um, then we did the race, and uh, I actually got the highest place their their team had ever had. So oh, nice. they came back. They were super happy. They're like, you know what? We would love you to ride with us next year. And that was my ticket in. I was like, well, we're not going to be able to race next year. This is my opportunity. Let's go for it. So then we did a couple things, talking to uh, different people. And then uh, Moto America took over, but they – decided to discontinue the harley davidson class so we we're like oh now what's going on so tim wanted to stay on an american bike and at the time the only american bike out there was the ebr 1000 mm-hmm. well 1199 right yeah so um he's like that's what we're gonna do we're gonna go on a 1199 super stock 1000 class we're gonna go do it so we went out to texas and the first race um it poured it down um and i was still getting used to this power on this bike and i launched that thing sideways like it just sent me and since the air box is on top where the fuel tank normally is uh Mm -hmm. that thing disintegrated we destroyed it so after i crashed and came back in we learned ebr had just shut down and went out of business and we were like oh where are we going to get all the parts we need to fix this so that's when what did you do you called oh, it was so smashed up we were trying to get it ready for the second race and doug poland was actually down helping us in the pits so we uh we ripped this bike to pieces and uh we were stuck for an airbox so we rang the factory up in wisconsin they uh they contacted the local dealership in austin uh, rang the guy up on a Saturday night in the bar. He, he said, can you get these guys an airbox? He said, yep, no problem. He went to his shop. He took one off a stock bike in the showroom, left it on the doorstep. Max's mum went and picked it up. It just gone midnight. Uh, we put it on the bike at two in the morning and we finally uh, 
and then we fired the thing up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. the only trouble was we uh, we didn't have any practice time because we were running with MotoGP that weekend, and the practice got quashed. So we didn't get a chance to actually run this bike after being severely smashed up. So he went out in the in the warm up lap for the second race, came back in. He said, "I can't ride it. It won't rev over five thousand. It's not pulling right." It's, so we had to withdraw at that point, and that was the the first and last Moto America race that's had an all American bike in it. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it was cool because um, we were there, and uh, I did the first ever Moto America lap on an American bike. And um, Nicole actually has a video of me coming across the line saying first lap ever for Motor America. So it was a really, it was a cool weekend. It was an unfortunate happening, but um, you know what? I actually really liked that bike. Um, but after that, then uh, at the time, the Yamaha was dominating the class and mm -hmm. uh, that was the move to make. So that's when we hopped on the Yamaha. Right. Gotcha. And you pretty much, you've been on Yamaha since, right? Yeah, so okay. once we got it, we don't have a, a big budget to switch to another bike and buy all the spare parts and got everything. It. So since we've already got the parts and the know-how somewhat of the Yamaha, then that's why we're sticking with it. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. Go go with what you know, right? Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's, it's obviously a good performer. You know, that's I was talking with uh, Caleb DeCarroll last couple, two episodes ago, something like that. And uh, it was interesting, you know, round, round one, first of all, the fact that, you know, all, all the winners were back to back, right? Race one, race two, right? And in all the classes, if they won the first race, they won the second race. And it basically was split between yeah, Yamaha and Superbike and uh, Twins Cup, right? With Caleb. And then I guess Kawasaki had the rest of them. So I'm a, I'm a big Kawasaki fan. So that, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's got three cylinders. It's okay. As a there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So basically you went, right, from a, you were racing 600s, right? And then when it was hot, when it was going to be the Harley, it was with 1200 basically. Right. Yeah. And then ended up on basically the thousand, right. With the, with the, with the EBR. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that? Like, how long had you been racing 600s? Um, actually that was my first year. Did one, one full season. Yeah. That was my first year. So honestly, we made a big jump. We, we, I just about got on the 600 and I started racing it and then all of a sudden I was on a Harley for a race and then I jumped straight to a thousand. So I never really mastered the 600, which I wish I could have done because you can learn a lot on the 600. Sure. But then again, forcing me to go on the big bike with the big guys and the fastest teams in America, I've learned a lot. It, it made me progress as a rider so much faster than if I stayed on the 600. So mm -hmm. It was uh, it was definitely different going from uh, corner speed and braking as late as you can, all this stuff to getting on the gas early and kind of pointing shoot more. But it's definitely a different riding style. But I'm I'm used to it by now, and uh, uh, I I love this thousand. Every time I get back on my six hundred, I'm like, come on, let's go! Like it's not passing. <laughs> it's just not doing it. So, so I guess you're not one for like little tiny steps. It's just like, ah, oh, no, 600,000, let's just do it, whatever. Jump in the deep end, why not, right? <laughs> you, you went straight from a Morawaki 250 to a 600 Yamaha 6. And then I jumped straight to and a... his, his first race on the R6 was Daytona 200 weekend. Right. So, gotcha. uh, so yeah. that's, that's a big step. Yeah. 
Just throw me in the deep end. I'm a quick learner. So. Awesome. As, as long as you can, uh, what do you call it? Do the dog, whatever, the, the dog paddle or whatever. As long as, yeah, exactly. tread, tread, as long as you can tread water. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're good to go. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so how did you make that transition? You know, from the 600 to the thousand, is it pretty much you just learned as you went? Did you have someone, a coach you were working with or? Well, the first year uh, we were riding, um, Doug Poland was helping our team. And I mean, Doug Poland is legend. He is extremely knowledgeable racer. So he helped out quite a bit. And um, I'd learned a couple of like stuff from him, but it was more just riding on the bike. You have to keep riding keep pushing yourself i was watching a lot of all the riders i mean back then uh josh hayes was winning the class and i mean just riding behind him for a lap was i I learned a lot and then i mean you have roger hayden come by i was learning from him a lot and then all the other great riders out there they all come near me and i'd say all right let me hook on their tail let me see what they're doing different to what i'm doing and i mean i'm still learning today i mean i i'm starting getting a lot looser on the bike which is very important in the thousand i'm definitely more point and shoot now like when i go to track days i see a lot of people like really like arching their corners and stuff and i'm just getting in there and getting out so it was a hard transition at first it did take me quite a while to like i'd say master but i haven't mastered it yet but master the riding style more um but you know, like I said, just riding all the time, you just start picking it up, picking it up, pushing yourself faster. Suddenly this speed becomes the norm and then this speed becomes the norm and then this speed becomes the norm. You just right. keep going faster and faster out there. I mean, the, the team hasn't got any official coaches or spotters. Um, the team is a bunch of really enthusiastic road race fans. <laughs> Well, it, it's no, I mean, it, you guys are a cool bunch of people. I, I was fortunate enough to be able to have dinner with you that, that, you know, at the opening round, right, the Saturday night after race number one. So that was really cool just getting to hang out with you guys. And it, it definitely seems like you're having fun. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> most of the time we're having fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm on two wheels with a throttle, I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear. If I'm doing well, he's smiling ear to ear. The yeah. bike's not doing too well his smile kind of dims down a little bit but i mean we are such a small team um we take it serious like i i know that i'm able to win these races but i know with our our team we struggle because we don't have everything that everyone else has but that doesn't like kill our spirit we're still going out there going you know what we can win this let's go and we're pushing as hard as we can we're doing everything we can as a team and like if we were out here and we looked miserable, man, there's no point doing it. So yeah. we keep smiling, having fun. We all love motorcycles. Like dad says, our team's made up of just really enthusiastic motorcycle racers and uh, we, we make it work. So it's really good. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, what what you guys do for Father's Day when you're at the track? I wish. I wish you were at the track. Um, unfortunately for him, my dad, all his money goes towards my racing, pretty much. I mean, okay. he has put his heart and soul into my racing career, and I can't thank him. I can never thank him like enough as I need to. But um, we, I'm trying to save up to get him a bike so we can go to the track because he still thinks he's faster than me, which I'd no. love to prove him wrong. <laughs> but um, 
We didn't actually. We uh we went um out. I made him breakfast in bed. We went out to um this strawberry picking event because my mom really wanted to I, go. I saw the uh, video you guys posted. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So dad was there. He was you know he was just there having a good time. Afterwards, we treated him some ice cream and then we just uh, hang out. Then we came back and fixed the truck. Oh yeah. <laughs> then we came back and worked on the truck all afternoon because it's having issues. And then we went to Texas Roadhouse. So, yeah, it was. That it was, sounds like a good Father Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots of time spent together for sure. Ah, oh, that's cool. That's really. We'll cool. get to the track one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have there to prove them wrong, you know. I hear you. So, Martin, did you race? No, I, I never had the backing of the family. I, I remember going to my parents when I was seventeen, saying, "Will you sign for this race license?" And they said, "No." Um, after that, you end up going to university and learning and you're always broke and yep. then you're married and then you have kids and you're always broke. <laughs> and, uh, right. so I used to do dirt racing. I did some drag racing. I did some uh, trials, anything oh, cool. except road racing, which I really love. He pretty much did anything that he could do without parent permission. Gotcha. So he was racing With the bikes lot. I had. Yeah, he was right. racing a lot of different stuff, but... I've seen him. He, I used to ride on the back with him uh, when I was a kid, and then he'd see me in his mirror hanging off, trying to drag my knee and stuff. So I know, I know he's fast. I just don't know how fast, and I can't wait to find out one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Actually, so the on the R1 when he was uh, yeah. four, four years old, I used to strap him to myself with a oh, bungee wow. strap, and he'd sit on the pillion. And if anyone's ridden on the back of a, a modern sports bike, they're actually perfectly sized for a five-year-old. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So maybe that's by design. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So, so, Martin, so the racing you were doing, was that back in England? Have you done, you know, did you do anything when you came over to the States? Uh, I've done nothing in the States. My, my last event was a, a three-hour enduro I did in Berlin when I was in Europe. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, um, oh, cool. I actually ran second place in the, uh, the 600, 650 class. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the guy who beat me was riding an XR 600. I was on a KLX. And the guy came up at the end in his broken German English. And he said, uh, you did very well for an old man. So good. <laughs> and that was the end of any racing for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So, so Max, how, how old were you when the family moved? to the u.s um i was five oh okay good yeah i was 11 years old so i was racing in england for since i was six and then uh we were doing grass track which is uh similar to flat track but on grass with knobbly tires um so i did that and i won four national championships and then dad with his job got offered a new job in america so he came back he spoke to my mom about it and he uh he was thinking in the back of his head he was like you know what in america you can race on a 250 marwaki with slicks on a track at the age of 12 where in england it was a, a later age so um in the back of his mind he was like hmm, maybe we'll move to america and start road racing earlier and then also he was like also america's pretty cool and uh, it'd be nice to work there so <laughs> we made the jump over here 
That's cool. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Obviously, you grew up in England, so you've, you've, I guess when you want to, you have the, the full English accent. And uh, I was, it, it, it was, I've, I've only known you like with this, you know, the accent or whatever, <laughs> the, the speaking pattern you're using now. But earlier, I was just looking, you know, I looked you up a little bit on, on the internet and I found some, I guess, videos or whatever, like interviews from like 2018, only a couple of years ago. And, yeah, back and in was, the day. I was like, I okay, think- yep, that, that's, the, that's the English brogue. <laughs> I get nervous and I, I, when I get nervous, I start using my English accent more. And um, some of my interviews back then are just like solid British. And then you listen to me now and I sound straight American. So it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes because people are like, you're not from England. I'm like, I mean, I am. And then they meet my family and then they're like, they're from England. I don't know what you are. <laughs> and that, that's what's funny. Like when I met you guys, we hung out for dinner. I just assumed you were born here. You know, yeah. you just picked up the English accents. So it's because we, when cool. I moved here, um, we went to Louisiana and uh, I was 11. So I was pretty young, but um, they were all, they would ask me the most idiotic questions. Oh, like, and after a while, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start faking an American accent. So I get no more questions because the amount of times I got asked what language do you speak in England? Oh my goodness, man. Okay. I was, I was done with it. <laughs> Did they want to like, know if you know the Monty Python guys or anything? Like oh, that? Dude, like, all kinds of questions. Had, had tea with the queen. Or... Yes. That one popped up a lot. They okay. asked me if we have roads in England or it's just like rocks. <laughs> and um, they asked me if we have potatoes over there. I'm like, Nope. Fish and chips is made out of a different vegetable, you know? Like, so Okay, yeah, it, crazy I, I started molding into more American lifestyle where my sister loved the attention and she went, she's still full British and everyone's like, she's your sister? I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, but. <laughs> she's still representing how huh? the English yeah, part of the family. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I was, uh, it was quite a few years ago, but I spent about 10 days in, in England. It was, well, it's actually Southern England and then drove up to Scotland and whatever. So, I mean, Beautiful, beautiful country. I mean, I really, really, it's really crazy. enjoyed it. It was awesome. It's crazy because now when I was racing in England, we could get to any of the tracks in, you know, like two hours. But now we're here. It's like, it's like we're going to Road America days. next weekend. I have to leave tomorrow because it's a 17-hour trip. If I drove 17 hours in England, I would have gone to the top and bottom about right. three times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, a little, little different scale, huh? <laughs> That's, that's something I, I think a lot of the Europeans don't appreciate, how difficult it is to do a national series in America. Mm-hmm. Sure. The logistics and the travel is just mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, we, we drove weekend before last just to dino the bike. We drove 34. 34 hours to get to the tuna to put an engine in to dino the bike wow. to come back home in a weekend to go back to work on Monday morning. You know, yeah. So. Uh. But I guess you do what you got to do, right? I mean, hey man, you know, if you want to, if you want to perform, right? You want to do the stuff. thing. Yeah. So I, I guess the uh, the Dino Tuna doesn't come pick up the bike and drop it off and everything. Unfortunately now. not. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess I'm sure he'd be willing to, but it would cost cost a little. It cost a bit more. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't think we could afford it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got you. I just want to take a little break here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by the following supporters of my podcast. Thumper Club member John Gardner, also known as G4, Parallel Twin Club members Shane Patilla and Jerry Vavaro, V-Twin Club members Richard Warfield Jr. of R-Dub Studios LLC and Harley Nemzer from the On the Road Again Motorcycle School, Triple Club member Aaron at The Motorcycle Rider, 
and V4 Club member John Delvecchio from the Street Skills LLC Motorcycle Riding School and author of the book Corner and Confidence. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your support. It is greatly needed and very much appreciated. If you would like to join these supporters to help grow my podcast and other motorcycle-related content and thus contribute to the growth of the sport of motorcycling, please stay tuned to the end of this episode or check out the podcast supporters link on my website. And now back to the show. All right, so we got a couple of people who have tuned in. So Jason Madama says, hey, boys, have fun. Uh, he's, he's, a fun he's a fun dude. And I don't know, do you guys know Ron Sandlin? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. anyway. He said, uh, yeah, basically encouraging you way to go. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so Road, so Road America at Road America round one. So you did pretty well, right? So I think race one, you were 11th. Yeah. We just and then, out of the top 10. Yeah. Okay. And then you were ninth in the second race. So you, yeah. you, you hit your goal, right? Cause that, that was kind of a thing for the weekend was you yeah, every race, the top 10. Top right? 10 yeah. yeah. And, uh, that's on the 2019 bike. Uh, right. no, that was on right. the 2015 bike. It's, oh, oh okay. 2015 frame with the 2018 so, engine. So, so. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and so we were just, before we started recording, we were talking. So the new bike, you're in the process of, get, process of getting set up, right? It's the, yeah, it's so the, we took twi- it down it's the 2020 to, R1? Yeah, this is the yeah. 2020. We took it down to Brian um, with Living Good Motorsports. And uh, he's done most of our engine building. He just built our new engine. And, uh, we uh, went down there, 17-hour trip down, set up the bike. Me and Dad put an engine in, and we put an engine in and built the whole bike up in three hours or something. Um, and then we got it on the dyno, and uh, so Brian was doing uh, checking it, checking it, checking it, and then we found some issues. So me and Dad were like, we need to get back because he has to work on Monday. So we ended up leaving the bike down there. So right now, when – we think the bike's ready. We just don't know how well it's going to perform yet because we we need to know if all the issues that we were having with the electronics have been sussed out because this was Brian's first 2020 motor that he's done himself. Mm-hmm. So um, he was learning things as he was going and he had to call some of the Yamaha people to ask a couple of questions, but... Yeah, we, we, we run the YEC electronics and, uh, and ECU and uh, race harness. So we're the only team in the paddock doing that. Most of the teams run the uh, more expensive and more customizable electronic systems. Right, gotcha. So okay. we, we did get the, um, the variable intake trumpets from uh, Yacht in Austria. Um, but there was some incompatibility with the tunability of the ECU with those trumpets, which nobody had come across. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, we, we found some challenges. So um, we, we've got a very nice uh, $2,000 set of trumpets sitting there with uh, nowhere to go at the minute. <laughs> so, so we've got to see what the, what the curve's like, what the bike's like. Hopefully we'll be running it this weekend. It's actually on the back of a pickup truck tomorrow morning and yeah, it's heading, heading north so. to meet us at Road America. Okay. We're going to test it out um hopefully at the track and uh if it's got the horsepower then we'll be riding it but if it doesn't quite have what the old one has then we'll we'll be going we'll look at it the, the right. challenge is you, you have to define to motor america which bike you're using for the weekend because it's a one bike series yeah so it's a okay. bit of a gamble you go with the machine you know it was slightly down on top end to mm-hmm. the other machines 
or do you go with the one that you're hoping is going to be better? Um, right. So it could be That's a very right. interesting weekend. I hear you. Now, when, when do you have to declare which bike? Is it as basically just when, there, when, they screw when, it. when you show up for tech? Yeah, okay, so, so they you have to. By, they write down the VIN number and then that's your bike for the weekend. They okay. will let you change if you have like something catastrophic, like your engine completely blows and you have no time to like fix it or anything, but you have another bike. If you ask them, sometimes they'll let you ride that one. Or if you completely total a, a chassis or something, they'll let you uh, most likely switch. But they're pretty strict on this is the bike you use. It's a rule to kind of level out the playing field. So, you know, the top teams aren't just jumping from bike to bike to bike to bike right. to bike. And, um, it, it works, so uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. So will you have any chance to test the bikes at Road America before you decide or basically you That's pull into it. the paddock gonna, and gonna you're going to know and go heads or tails. And that would be okay. the bike. I'm racing. Gotcha. <laughs> look at the data, look at the graphs and say, this one looks much promising. I think we're going to go for the new bike. Um, speaking to Tim today, he's very adamant about us racing uh, the new 2020. It's got the new electronic throttle. It's a bit smoother and stuff. So looking at it now, that seems to be the way we're leaning. But once we get the, the power curves yeah from uh our engine tuner we're going to take a look at it sit down and uh make our decision <laughs> yeah gotcha gotcha no it's interesting I, I write computer software for a living so like i understand that thing of uh the software doesn't do what we need it to do you know? <laughs> yeah like, yeah, uh, it, yeah something about individually tuning the injectors per cylinder uh, which isn't capable which you can't do on the way you see okay Gotcha. Now you go with the YC, YC, YCE, you said, right? Is YEC. 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 Okay. So is, basically you went that way just for cost reasons or just familiarity with it or a combination? No, uh, it purely for cost reasons. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't got any electronic support. If any of your listeners out there are electronics gurus and want to come and help us, we don't have any electronic support. Okay. <laughs> so we have to, we're using a very capable system to about a tenth of its capability. Gotcha. If we went to the really expensive system, we wouldn't be anywhere near, we wouldn't be able to work it. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, so basically, so it's what the engine tuner can do when he's got the bike. Like you guys, I guess, talk about what you want to try to change, modify. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't change too much. You know, you can set so much on the electronics these days on the bikes. Right. And the top teams have got couple of technicians everything's dialed working on them and changing between sessions and yeah it's, it's yeah, beyond them we, we haven't got the time to do that yeah, All the yeah, yeah. i know like it's interesting like watching moto gp and stuff like that right it's like the the, the your rider pulls off the track bike goes into the garage he hops off does what he does and <laughs> the there keyboard. goes the cable and, and the engineers are tweaking yeah, where, where's, where's the guy with the greasy overalls the screwdriver and the hammer you know <laughs> Well, that's important too, right? I mean, if that stuff's not right, the electronics and the software ain't going to matter either, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So um, actually, maybe since we, we talked a little bit earlier before we started recording, let's talk a little bit about the artwork behind you. So you said that's Wayne, Wayne Rainey? Of course. It, it, one of the reasons I came to America is I, I was a kid in, in Europe back in the 70s going to Donington Park and the Transatlantic series. And so when, when we saw... Kenny Roberts, and then followed by people like Freddie Spencer and Wayne Rainey and Squants. All the best riders were American. Um, I listened a lot to Kenny Roberts 
theories. Um, you know, small capacity, dirt track, ovals, learn to handle the bike, slide the bike. Um, so I'm, I'm really an apprentice of his without him knowing it. Yeah, um, I mean, I followed all his racing. When he ran the KR race team out of Europe, uh, and the GPs, I was following every, I was reading everything I could find. I was watching at the tracks. So I, I agreed with his philosophy and where the good riders came from. That's why Max was on a dirt bike um, on an oval at right. six years old. Yeah. Um, so when, when we got the chance to come to the States, it was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a great believer in that background. So Max did come over and did a, I mean, we arrived literally off the boat and went and did a, an AMA um, a flat track meeting oh, wow. down south. And he ended up with a number three plate at the first ever uh, flat track. And nice. he actually turned up with knobbly tires on his bike. Oh, it was so funny. Uh, we we pulled up, everyone's got their hand-cut slicks, and I roll up on a knobbly tired 85 Kawasaki, and everyone's like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a funny weekend, but it was pretty good. But that was when I first met, like, the likes of Jake Lewis and Nick McFadden and that. So we started getting introduced. But, no, that's um, that's my dad's hero as uh, as he was growing up. He loved watching uh, – he was the Wayne best Rainey. racer. <laughs> he, uh, he loved watching awesome. the battles with him and Kevin Schwantz. Um, yeah. When Wayne Rainey started, uh, stepped up to Motor America, dad was lost his breath. He couldn't talk. It was great. He wheeled around to us, and um, he came and introduced himself, obviously. I mean, he didn't need introduction, but he was just coming to meet all the riders and stuff. Yeah. And I was talking to him, and dad was hiding in the back. He was just like, nope, it's not happening. <laughs> Like, you know what they say, never meet your heroes. You might, right. But I don't think I could be disappointed with Mr. Rainey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We're, we're try I'll, I've been trying to sneak this picture out of the house get and signed. get him to sign it so bad. Um, but if I broke it on the way, mm. I probably wouldn't be racing for the rest of the year. So. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So is that like a limited edition? Is it like a... It's a numbered like print. A numbered print. Oh, that's awesome. Cool, cool, cool. And no, it's perfect. It's perfect for this uh, for this interview. It's like making yeah. a nice, nice background there. Yeah. So uh, not not only is obviously Wayne the best rider, but that Yamaha was beautiful. Oh yeah, uh, no, that's awesome. I love. I've been actually. It's funny. Like during this whole pandemic thing, you know, without the new races happening, you know, until Mar Moto America got started again, I was going back through some of the Moto GP races, you know, because I had the video pass and watching, you know, as many of the races actually as I could that 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 Wayne was racing in. So yeah, was, it was really cool to see. They've been posting a lot of the older um, races, and I'm like watching them on my phone, and Dad's like. Oh, that's that guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. Right. Well, I yeah, remember I that. It is. So, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Max, where does the number 88 come from? Any particular <laughs> significance or is it just like, hey, you know, it seemed like a good number? Well, actually, when I first started racing, me and dad were sat in the living room in England and he's like, so we're racing. What number do you want? And I was like, I don't really know. And dad goes, how about the number eight? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we chose number eight, and then uh, um, we started racing in England, and then I won four championships with that number, so that was my number. And then we came over to America, and they were like, all right, we need your, like, you to select a number. I was like, oh, eight. And they're like, oh, you can't have that. Someone else has it. I'm like, oh, 88? And they're like, no, you can't have that one. Someone has it. I'm like, what about triple eight? And they're like, yeah, you can have that one. So we ran triple eight. Um, 
all the way from the Marwaki to the 600, then to the first 1000 in the Superstock class. And then uh, we got on the Superbike, still um, AAA. And then I think, was it last year or two years ago? Two years, two years ago, they said, uh, okay, new rule, we don't want triple digits in uh, in the Superbike class. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, well, can I do 88? And they're like, yeah. So uh, that's been my number since I've been racing. And I don't think it'll ever change. A lot of people have told me a lot of different things about the number. One, it looks the same upside down, just like Nikki Hayden. So, you know, <laughs> okay. that's so always know, a good thing. Right, in case you're tumbling um, or something. <laughs> some people um, I met in Japan and said eight is a really... Chinese. Chinese think eight is a really, Very really lucky, lucky number. number. Okay. Um, and then someone else said it's it means money and good fortune as well. So, I mean, it's just been our number and i don't think i'll ever change it either we won the number one plate in england and i still had the number eight on it i had a number eight with a little one inside of it mm -hmm. but oh, i was cool. like i still like that number that's <laughs> hey if it works for you it works for you that's cool exactly <laughs> yeah no i like i like the new number design you have um yes that, who, who did the new the new number um, design what did that chris okay chris Clues. yeah cool, cool. yeah he yeah. he he messaged me he's like hey uh we got to get some cool graphics on your bike. And I was like, Hey man, I have no money for this, but if you can help me out, definitely. And he's like, yeah, let me see what I can do. So he messaged me and he sent me some designs. I was like, dude, I love it. it looks awesome. I would love you to send them. And um, yeah, he did me a solid. He sent me enough for uh, three uh, pairs of body work. So I can only crash three times this year. There you go. But so, um, <laughs> that's, that solves that. Yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah, it, it's made the bike look uh, really, really nice. He he did it in a way where it looks more professional, but it's still thrash bike racing. It's like mm -hmm. you know, it's still our bike. It's still yellow as ever. It's got little details here that make it look a lot nicer, but it's still us racing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it looks it looks awesome. It looks really very. It's, you know, it's very it's very photogenic. Like I was looking at my actually, I still have to send you the pictures I took from race number one. Exactly. You know, I'll, I'll send you a link or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, when I was flipping through, it definitely looks really really good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, for sure, like you guys are definitely known as you know either the friendliest or one of the friendliest teams. You know, one of the friendliest racers in the paddock. Um, and I think I had told you, like I had posted a photo I took of you with the bike, you know, when I, when I saw you in, yeah, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the, in the pits and, uh, it, you know, of all the, of all the things I posted that weekend, it got the most likes out of everything. So <laughs> awesome. it, it, it definitely, yeah, it definitely, definitely fits in with that trend. Do you think, you know, does it have something to do with the fact that you guys are like in there duking it out in the superbike program, you know, without tremendous resources? Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, I think we get a lot of support because we are the underdog. I mean, people walk around at Road America, they did a sky view and it was like 18 wheeler, 18 wheeler, 18 wheeler, big RV with a trailer, big RV with a trailer. And then us, like it was a little box truck. I mean, if you come by our pits, we always have time to go talk to you. I mean, we're, we don't think we're like way above anybody. We're down to earth as can be. I mean, we, we ride as hard as we can with what we got. And I think we show that people come by, we'll tell them what's going on. They look at us and then they look at the next team over and they're like, dude, you're competing with this. I'm like, heck yeah, I am. Like, so I think we definitely get support like that because people can 
relate with us. They can relate with us more. They're like, all right, this guy's fighting it out. You know, he, he's trying. And then I know the day I put it on the podium, my fan pace is, they're going to be so ecstatic. They, they've been rooting for me since day one. I mean, they still have their favorites in the class as well. I mean, they're always, everyone roots for like the guys who win all the time, but then secretly they're like, if Max won, you know, that would be awesome. So it's, it's really cool to see the fans back me up in that kind of way and give me that support. So now I just got to go out there and win the race and then everything will be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be sweet. That'd be really sweet. Do, uh, do you have any kind of fan club going, you know, like kind of like what Kyle Wyman is doing with his KW um, Army or I, have you I, thought about I it? I would love to do a fan club kind of thing where they sponsor me through, but it would just be keeping up with it. That would be difficult because, I mean, um, I try to do most of my own social media and yeah. stuff, but Kyle Wyman has um, – He's like, as soon as people give him money, he puts their name on the bike and he's able, I don't know who helps him or what, or does his graphics, but like it's instant. It's like bang, 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 where we don't really have that kind of resource. Um, So even if right now we, uh, the last race, we did get a small, um, a sponsor, they helped me out, which paid for some of the uh, new parts on the truck. the stickers are in the truck. They're rides and drives. They came by and they uh, they said, "Hey, look, we really want to help you out." They said they tried to help out some other teams, but like the starting sponsor for their team was like ten thousand dollars, and right. we're like, "Dude, we'll take twenty bucks, like <laughs> sure. whatever works." But yeah, I'd love it if we could have that kind of thing. But it just be keeping up with it and then like trying to show everyone and saying thank you to everyone. That's It'd be totally. It, we would struggle. So, like I said, I, any donations from anybody are much welcomed. And if I can promote them in any way, I'd love to. But when I, if I did like a fan page where I'll oh, donate this money and I'll put your name on the bike, on the bike or something, that that's where I would struggle. It's like I might be able to send them a T-shirt, but even that, we're we have no, to buy those too. It's not like course. we have someone no, no, no. making them. So. Yeah. No, it, I, I, I it all right. comes down to our budget and then if they gave us 20 bucks and then we sent them a 20 dollar t-shirt it kind of be redundant so it's like yep. one of those things yep. gotcha gotcha <laughs> all right so i think so we've we've identified two open positions for your team right the first is the ecu engineer programmer yes. and someone to run the fan club exactly yes. okay so <laughs> listeners whoever's out there <laughs> hey if they want to keep, join keep us it in mind support. man if there's any team that that's that's a big yeah. great team to help out that, that we need consistency cool. as well you know, <laughs> yeah we, of course we do occasionally have people come and say hey your website's not very good i'm a i'm a web designer i can help you out and right. they come and do 10 minutes and disappear right it, it needs to, right so <laughs> they need they to yeah you need it. people to sign on if they're going to help out sign on for the season right it's so it's like yeah. so you know it's taken care of and you don't have to think about it and yeah no, i think totally. the, highest, the, the main thing we do is the facebook fan page yeah which um, is cool. we control that you can't you have to apply to join to it so right. we know they're real fans on there mm-hmm. we can keep on top of any spam emails and things so it's, sure. it's it is controlled reasonably yeah. But yeah. we haven't got a media machine, you know. Um, yeah, we don't. It either. would be nice, but uh, we. What you see, you know, you've met Tim. You, he's the owner. Yeah. There's the mm-hmm. rider. 
Yep. I get the fingernails dirty. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the team. Some, if, it, yeah. if it doesn't yeah, make yeah. the bike go faster, we don't buy it. <laughs> you know? sure. Everything's focused purely on trying to put the best machine under this guy as we can. Um, and when the, people really see what he's riding and they understand it and what yeah. he's trying to do, most people are just amazed he's out there in the superbike class getting into the top 10. I yeah. mean, but the, there's like a certain i don't know like how to put it like pure pureness or like like real racing like you said right like if if if, if this ten dollars isn't gonna whatever help us get to the next race or make the bike go faster but we don't we don't need to spend yeah, it right? it's like yeah someone was um talking to me the other day and they said that like we remind them of old school racing he's like no one had the big 18 wheelers and stuff they just show up in a van they worked on their own stuff and yeah. then they rode and that was it and i was like that's pretty much how we do it so yeah yeah we are a little bit old school <laughs> that's cool 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 just another quick break to announce the new affiliates program if you go to the affiliates page on my website you will see the companies that i have partnered with to bring you some of the motorcycle gear and services that i use myself not only will you benefit from their products and services but if you make a purchase using the links on this page you'll also be helping to support the podcast financially so I'd like to welcome these affiliates. Street Skills LLC, which provides the Cornering Confidence book and online course. If you purchase a course or course and book combination from my website, you'll also be listed as a supporter on my podcast supporters page as a Parallel Twin Club member. If you're already a podcast supporter, a portion of the purchase price will be credited towards your next support level. And I'd also like to welcome Bond Body Armor, which I've been using for a couple of years now. If you go to their website using the affiliate link, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from their online store using the discount code they provide. Tell them you heard about Bond Body Armor from this podcast and get a free helmet liner. And now back to the last part of the show. What um, how's, how's it been for you guys like dealing with this whole COVID-19 thing? I mean, it, was it like... How, how was it being at the first round, right? At Road America. Was it like really weird just not, not it, having fans around? Yeah, it was strange. I mean, with us saying how we're always talking to the fans and stuff, like that's how we're growing and uh, getting new sponsorship is by talking to the fans and getting a bigger following. And then when there was no one there, it was like, whoa, it's quiet. Like I, I found myself sitting and just kind of like, what what do i do like right. we're supposed to be signing autographs talking yep. to people like doing things and we're just kind of like chilling i got to talk to a lot of all the other racers they found it weird i mean on the cool down lap i was like waving i'm like wait i don't know who i'm waving at but you know <laughs> maybe the tv will see me yep. but yep well yeah, the photographers was, definitely did I it was definitely strange <laughs> i i definitely miss the fans i can't wait for them to be back at this round I don't know how they're going to control it yet. I've been reading some of the emails and stuff. And like, I know they're still going to be quite strict on like social distancing and stuff, but I, I I'm going to be glad to see a bunch of people come by and uh, sign as many autographs as I can. And stuff. yeah, you, to be you back think, what, oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and road America is a great facility for it. Just the amount of open space there is and, you know, people can just kind of spread out. Spread out. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and I know it was, I don't know, what, maybe a month before the first race that, you know, Moto America had sent out a survey to fans, like basically trying to feel out, you know, given the whole pandemic thing, you know, 
you know, who would come? Would, would people, yeah, would people come to see racing under what circumstances kind of thing? And from what I heard, like overwhelmingly, it was like 90% oh, of fans were like, yeah, okay, we're there. You know, <laughs> you know, we'll do what's smart, right? We don't, you know, you want to keep everybody healthy. We'll do what's smart, but we're, yeah, we're, we're in. Just don't worry about it. And yeah, well, <laughs> let's just well, see some racing. Said, the first time they said uh, they were going to do Road America without fans, there was a lot of people messaging him saying, yeah, no, I already bought my tickets. I'm coming. Like, I want to go. So then Motor America is like, dude, all these fans want to come. Like, let's do it twice. And I was like, I'm fine with that. Let's do it. If I get to race twice at one of the coolest tracks in America, I mean, I have no complaints. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I I guess it's going to help a lot, right? I mean, having been there about a month ago, right? And what you learn, uh, granted, maybe you're changing bikes this coming weekend, but is like is that is that a help you know having been there fairly recently and going yeah. back and kind of knowing what to expect and definitely most of the time when uh we go to the next track and it's different the first day i mean we're stripping down parts of the bike setting up the suspension changing the gearing and like you know going over all the notes we had from last year and saying all right this is what we need to do for this well yeah when you go to the same track again i mean the setup's the similar so we're going to write down the same clicks that we had on the old bike um and put them on the new bike and uh we should be able to go out there and start hitting the times straight away that we were hitting at the like race pace right so as long as the weather's all right but um yeah it's it is easier because you know it's familiar it's already fresh in my brain i'm not going to go out there and need like three laps to be like okay this is where the track's kind of going I need to, I'm just going to go out there. I'm like, this is where I break. This is what I do. This is when I turn and just kind of nail it. So hopefully dad will have a somewhat more relaxing weekend because he won't be doing as much work on the bike. But knowing now that I've said it, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> we will have positive thinking. We will have two bikes out at Road America, one in the yeah. super stock class with another riding on. Yes. Okay. So thrush bike racing is doubling its output. Yes, That's, so okay. we will we will have a little bit more work to do because uh, Walt Sip is going to be riding my other Yamaha in the Super Stock class. So we're going to be doing double duty, running around, making sure that he's all right as well as me. And um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting. <laughs> okay, so and and same team. So Martin, like you're going to be working on both bikes and uh, well, Walt or... will bring some guys with him, so we'll have some okay. extra help this weekend. Okay. That's good. Cool. And then is and, and so sorry. Which which class is he racing? Twins. So, uh, super, super stock thousand. Oh super. Oh super stock. Oh that's awesome. Okay. Cool. And then is he going to be racing rest of the season or remains? No, to I the think scene? I think this is his. I know he lives somewhat close to Road America, so this is his one race. He might be doing Barber as well. But since we have the super stock bike and Tim runs the team, Tim, if he has a bike, he wants someone to race it. So. Um, He's going to probably, if anyone that he knows wants to, you know, hey, I can do this one race, then we'll bring the Superstock bike and they can join our team for the weekend and uh, try it out. So. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to think if there's any. I'm just going to kind of skim down my questions here, see if there's anything we, we haven't hit on yet. I, I know one thing, uh, actually, uh, Max, that I had seen one of the interviews, you know, after the first round was you mentioned that the, the, the bike you're on, the 2015, you were at least you, you were like, down 10 miles per hour i guess like on the straightaways and stuff do you feel the new bike like pretty confident it's going to have the speed or we're hoping that's that's the one thing that we're trying to make our mind up at the moment 
uh, we're not sure what the power is because um, with the electronic malfunctions, it's been uh, uh, kind of diving at the top RPM. So we haven't got the full power on it yet. Hopefully we'll get it and we'll compare them and it will be faster. But um, that's that's the big gamble that we're taking this weekend. It's my, if we get on this one and it's slower, then we're stuck with it and I'm going to have to race twice as hard. But if we go on the old one, then I'm in the same boat as I was last year time. So being down 10 miles an hour at Road America, is, it's difficult because, I mean, there's – three big straights on that track and yeah. i make it up in the corners where i came but then when they're just pulling three bike lengths on me on the straightaway it's it's a constant battle it's never like you get to relax it's like go 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 okay they're pulling away catch up catch up catch up try and pass them then they pull away again so hopefully fingers crossed the um 2020 bike will have the power that it needs and i can fight even further up in the field but uh we won't know until we're out there. <laughs> you'll have to sure. watch on fox sport to see yes <laughs> absolutely yeah i'll be on live plus oh, yeah. <laughs> unless unless i hit the lottery between now and the weekend and then then i definitely will be at the track Heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what uh max you have any favorite turn sections of the track at uh, road america um Back uh, uh, last year, we did an interview with that, and uh, I said the carousel. I, I really like the carousel there because it's long right-hander, but that's the corner where I can tell what's wrong with the bike. I go through there, and it's so long. I move my body. I can get on the gas, feel the bike slide. It's, it's all about feel in that corner, and there's a couple bumps going in. But once you hit those, you know how your bike is. I go through that corner. I'm like, okay, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Come in, check it out. Go back out, try it out. And um, yeah, I really like that corner because it's it's a lot of fun. I love feeling the right uh, the rear just slide and it have that control over it. Mm-hmm. But then again, turn five on that downhill sharp 90 degree left hander. Coming from, I don't know, about 170-ish miles an hour, slamming on the brakes, the rear coming up and sliding into that corner. It's one of the coolest feelings. It's like you're just levitating, and then you're like, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? And you just throw it in, and then it's it always – well, not always. <laughs> it most of the time sticks. And, um, and when it does and you hit it just right, Oh, the feeling's amazing. Oh, that's cool. And that, and that turns a couple before the carousel, right? Yeah. It's, right, turn five is the downhill left-hander. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then there's a little bit of a six, kink or seven, something. Eight, yeah. And, and then got, into the carousel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, I had come across, like, earlier, you know, just kind of doing my little Google research or whatever. Um, I guess christmas of 2019 so moto america had interviewed the racers or something and it was like you know what what gift would you get for such and such rider and it was just kind of funny it had come across that um sam verderico had said that he would get you a sponsorship from sesame street a suit made of yellow feathers and a helmet painted like big bird's head 
then he would finally match that damn yellow bike. <laughs> did, did he ever come through on the gift? No. <laughs> Unfortunately not. No, nope. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes for the podcast for people that want to check it out. Well, that was kind of funny. Following just, the yellow bike the, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so before we wind it down, any anything you guys want to share? Any stories that you want to tell we didn't hit on, or just you know anything you think the fans might be interested in that we we didn't discuss? Wow, there's so many stories. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a blast. When when you think Max has been racing at national level since he was six years old, and he's now twenty three. Nice. This has been a hell of a journey, um, yeah. and it's been a challenge. Yeah. 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 When you're racing at this level and uh, you don't have all the, the big bad stuff and that makes bikes just insane, um, it's difficult. And you come across times where you're just like, you know what, we need to do something or go faster, this or that. And uh, our team keeps pushing. They, they, We know our limits, but we're going to keep pushing them. And uh, hopefully one day – I'll either get picked up by that team that does have all the big bad gadgets and um, and I know Tim and dad will be ecstatic for me and uh, then they can relax a little bit and kind of watch me race instead be, of be consultants. You know, on the but um, well, then we bring a new kid in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It doesn't then, start, um, right. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult, but hopefully this journey will lead to something that is, what everyone wants so yeah yeah um i know all the fans out there who support me i can't thank them enough they are awesome um i know tim is literally one of the nicest guys in the world and if you can stop by and talk to the the man with the mustache you will not be disappointed because in the racing world he'll do anything for anybody and i I can't think of enough without him. He's uh, a superstar. Yeah, without him, I wouldn't be racing anymore. I'd be working two jobs trying to pay for whatever the heck I was into then. And um, so, yeah, he's an absolute star. And then this weekend, if uh, anyone sees this and they they haven't met the team before and uh, they'd like to come stop by, I mean, we're always trying to expand our fan base. Um, if anyone's watching now and they're not following me on like Instagram or Facebook, my, uh, what is it? My uh, Facebook is Max Flinders Racing. My Instagram is Max Flinders Racing. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. No. Feel, that, I mean, feel man, feel free. Like any other sponsors you want to mention? Absolutely. Oh, I mean, if we're going for sponsors. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I actually want to check them out. I, uh, I just yeah. a little Honestly, blurb about them. If you've got lots of money. Uh, yeah, you want to invest money, Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lynch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, Used Bike Direct is the uh, new Amazon of motorcycles. Used motorcycles. Um, you go on there, type in what you want, they show you what they have, and then they do deliveries, free deliveries, and then you can return it in like what was 30 it? days or something. Thirty days, you can return it if it's not up to par. That's right. So they're yeah. absolutely amazing. Look at Molly. I mean, we've been running their oil for three years now. And uh, our engines have run extremely well. We put it in our lawnmowers, cars, motorcycles, anything that we can put it in. If they made a drink, I'd be drinking it every day. You know, it's, it's really, really amazing. Merrill Lynch has helped out huge this uh, year with a big sponsorship. 
Um, also, they helped me with some of my financial advising and stuff, uh, planning for the future. Um, they're extremely well. So if you do have uh, money or you need help, Merrill Lynch is a, a great company the, the to Bayer go with. The Mayer Group out of New Orleans. Yeah, the Mayer Group out of New Orleans okay. is awesome. the best. They've helped me out like crazy. Um, other than that, Arai helmets. If you race motorcycles and you're not wearing an Arai helmet, you need one. You need one. Oh. I have hit my head so many times in different positions <laughs> and at different like levels of wax. And they're amazing. I mean, I, I can still talk. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, I've had one concussion and I actually, that was before I got sponsored by Ara and I was in a different helmet. And, but these helmets, they're designed for safety. They, they don't have, you know, the sharp edges that some of the, like the AGVs do that give yes. us some different <laughs> designs, but um, they design their helmet smooth. So when you're sliding across the ground, it doesn't catch. Mm. And that's, that's why I love them. I mean, they, they work absolutely great. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. um, and if Alpine Star is listening, I've just got one of your suits and we're hoping for a sponsorship. So if anybody's seeing this from Alpine there Star. There you go. I'll, I'll tag them. I'll tag them in the, uh, in the podcast. Yeah, I, I love, I mean, I'm wearing their suits now. I love them. Um, I'd love to, you know, get a custom one and really show off the Alpine Star. But yeah, um, other than okay. that, Thrashbike Racing, Arrow Aviation, they're, they're the backbone of this team. And I, like I said, I wouldn't be here without them. So um awesome. yeah <laughs> awesome awesome yeah it's interesting you mentioned a rye i don't race obviously but uh, i did start doing track days and i decided to go with a rye for reasons that you mentioned and uh actually i saw one of your posts recently you're, you're wearing former boots now right yes i Ice am pro um, flows yeah so actually uh actually i'm kind of teamed up with form i'm working with them on some stuff so uh, okay, actually, awesome. i've, yeah, I've no, got former um, boots also and i know they're very they're very popular at the track, and I see a lot of like the Twins Cup guys are all wearing them. Yeah, um, it'll be my it'll be my first time wearing them this year. But um, yeah, one of our other sponsors, Mototech, uh, with JP, he was like, "Hey man, um, what do you need? I I want to help you out. What do you need?" And I was like, "Dude, I'm wearing through my boots. Like they've got holes in them. Like I need some boots." So he's like, "Dude, these new former boots are awesome. I love them." Um, I want you to try them out. I'm like, dude, if you, you like them, you trust them, send them me, let's go. So he got some that matched my suit and I was like, nice. awesome. So I can't wait to try them out this weekend. Um, and then uh, also, I mean, one of the other people that I need to say is uh, Moto D. They uh, have sent us a lot of custom things from the bike, like the Bonamici, which makes the bike so pretty. And then our spark exhaust, which mm -hmm. is insane. Everyone always tells me I have the nicest sounding bike on the track besides the Ducati, but that's not <laughs> fair. And um, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're awesome. Also, they've given us a bunch of stands and rugs and stuff that really makes a team come together because it's black and yellow. So everything matches and looks really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm the sponsors that I do have. I'm extremely loyal to them because I mean, they've gave me a shot and I'm not going to let them down. So uh, if anybody else, like I said, we're, we're always looking for any help that we can get and uh, we'd love to promote anybody as much as we can. Awesome. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, yeah, so I'll make sure, uh, like when I put out the podcast, I always have like in the show notes, I'll put links to your sponsors and stuff so people can find the products and whatever. And uh, awesome. yeah, we'll make sure all that stuff gets in there. So uh, gentlemen, Max and Martin, thank you very much. It's been a ton of fun. 
Uh, I've learned a lot. I think the listeners have too. I know, well, we've got one person watching now, but I know we had a bunch before and uh, a bunch of people will hear this on the podcast. So uh, thank you. Thank you again. Like I said, unfortunately, won't probably see you this coming weekend, but if I could swing it, uh, I will. Share from you uh, through the TV. Absolutely. I'll be posting on Facebook and stuff. And uh, yeah, actually, I want to hit a lot of the upcoming rounds. I've never been to uh, Road Atlanta. I want to check that out. I want to see Indy. I've seen Moto. Uh, formula one there years and years ago but i'd love i'd love to see you guys racing there so a lot of a lot a lot of, a lot of races I'll, I'll hopefully meet up with you guys awesome. so uh yeah so thanks again so i'm gonna shut it down if you want to hang tight we could chat a little bit after i stop the recording so All good right. night everybody yeah, and thank you thank you if you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes just point your web browser to so you want to ride a motorcycle.com or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app. If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at soyouwantaride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle-related photos and content. Just search for So You Want to Ride, or find the links on my website, or again in the podcast notes. There are two big ways you can help support the show. One is free, and one is paid. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, you can donate using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher or just click the donate link at the upper right on my website. I also now have a podcast supporters page on the website, which lists all of the listeners who are supporting the podcast. Total donations of $5 to $9 will make you a member of the Thumper Club, where I will list your name and any social media links that you want to provide. Donations of $10 and up will make you a member of one of the other clubs, where I'll include your photo and biography, as well as any links you want to provide. Any commercial organization that would like to support the podcast to help promote their products and services can contact me directly for the available options. All donations will be put to very good use to cover operating expenses and to help promote and expand the podcast. Anything you care to donate will be greatly appreciated. The free way to help is just help me spread the word so we can continue to grow my online and listener communities. So please share the link to my podcast and my social media with family, friends, and coworkers. And also, please leave me a rating and some comments on iTunes and any other place where you can leave feedback or mention the show. As always, thank you for listening. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride. Ride.